Are you there now? I'm here for the same thing. I can't see you, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to see you. Let's do this, man. Okay. Wow, this is great. We're going we're gonna to have to figure this thing out. All right. Uh, by the way, you're not really missing anything. I look the same, kind of half-assed beard, old wrinkly eyes. You're not missing anything. Okay. Hey, ever since I saw Mrs. Rose on camera yesterday, I've been looking more and more at you. I'm like, what's, what what's is this guy got? <laughs> what does she see in him? <laughs> yeah, what's she seeing right. this guy? I'm with you. All right, let's start with uh, the big series uh, down in San Diego. Padres swept the Dodgers in a three-game set for the first time in eight years. Really exciting baseball, except for the one game where they blew them out. Really fun playoff atmosphere. But Trevor Bauer, last night's starter for the Dodgers, admitted we got rolled. Basically, they kicked our ass. Uh, they had way more intensity than we did. What is the one indelible image you'll leave this three-game set with? First of all, I didn't even know what indelible means, so I'm just going to go, like, is that like a memorable image? Yes, exactly. Come on, God. smart guy who's going to go to USC. You knew that. <laughs> or Stanford. Um, oh, my bad, Flex. You know, I saw like a, a gif at the end of the series. It was a Padres fan high-fiving all of his friends, and there was one Dodger fan. He just flipped <laughs> him the bird, man. That was, that's, that's the image I have because, like you said, they did steamroll the Dodgers at home in front of an incredible crowd each yep. three games. They won seven of their past eight games against L.A. We keep talking about the Dodgers are going to come do this. And I know Mookie was, like, feeling sick, and mm -hmm. they still need some pieces back. But we got to give credit when credit is due. The Padres look great, um, and that was a shellacking. That's worst-case scenario for the Dodgers right there to go in and not be able to take one single game. So mm -hmm. all, all the credit goes to the Padres. All right, for me, it was two things, and it happened with Manny Machado. One was when he played, like, basically right field and yeah. dove on the warning track and almost caught that ball. I thought that was incredible. If he had caught that, that would have been play of the year. It would have been over. The other part was when in the bottom of the eighth, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, they, uh, Cronenworth let off the inning with a double off of Beatty's glove. And then he hits the ball to Turner. Turner just did a quick check at second, kind of double clutch, and Machado beat it out. And what has been the thing that – has kind of hobbled Manny Machado throughout his career. Doesn't always run hard to first. Well, guess what? He busted his ass down the line. And instead of runner at second, one out, it's first and second, nobody out. Totally changed the complexion of that inning. That's what I saw from the Padres throughout the entire three-game set. Now, here's the deal. Sometimes they disappear. And as a young team, sometimes they don't carry that intensity through 162. They disappeared for the previous two weeks before that series against the Dodgers. That's what we need to see from them. If they're going to be a serious contender, not only for, the, for a playoff spot, but the NL West crown and a birth in the World Series, that's what I need to see out of them. With all that being said, they don't face either the Dodgers or Giants for two months now, and both the Dodgers and the Padres have to play catch-up to the Giants. So there's a lot going on here, but I thought it was a fun series, Trev. It was, and maybe they just needed that energy from the crowd, and they're going to get it the rest of the season. A um, couple other guys, Drake, Jake Cronenworth, homer right. in each game. Mm -hmm. And I did do a, a sequence breakdown on that shift. The Padres employ that shift a lot. Um, and so usually Manny's kind of in the first base, second base hole, but every once in a while he will go back to where he was last night. And it's, crazy. it's they do it, man. It was crazy. All right. Uh, wild game yesterday in Philadelphia. Nats won at 13 to 12. So what was more interesting? The way that that game went back and forth, or you had two executives basically yelling at each other. The Nats GM, Mike Rizzo, um, called uh, Joe Girardi a con artist.
for checking Max Scherzer the previous night, and Dave Dombrowski, who's the president of the Phillies, came out and said that was, quote, totally improper and went to the commissioner's office to snitch on him. I mean, the game was great, but I'm kind of into all this gossip and all this back and forth we got going on here. So I kind of want to talk about that. Like the whole con artist uh, insult, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's like a really bad insult to call someone. And I thought Girardi handled it well. He said, I don't really know uh, Mike just in passing, so I don't concern myself with what he thinks about me because he doesn't really know me. Um, and then Dombrowski obviously comes to uh, Girardi's defense. Um, what a you just really never see executives talk like that. This this whole this whole week with the sticky substances has really got people fired up, saying things they normally wouldn't say. So uh, I, I I'm curious like why Mike got so fired up. Was he checking the temperature of his team and it was like wow they're really upset about this. Obviously I better go be upset too. Not sure what happened, but I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, uh, they don't play each other for over a month, so I think things will simmer down by then, I think. But, you know, you guys playing <laughs> baseball seem to have long memories. Um, but, yeah, it was weird. And Rizzo actually said in his quote, look, I, I like Joe Girardi. I scouted him many years ago when he was coming out of Northwestern, which I thought was kind of a weird comment right after you call a guy a con artist. So it was just very strange. But Rizzo's been kind of flipping over the years. He just lets things fall out of his mouth and says shit all the time, which kind of makes him fun to cover. But it's, sometimes you look at him and you're like, huh? With all that being said, first time in Major League history where each team has a three-run homer and a grand slam in the same game, I thought that was kind of cool. And I was just wondering if there was actually a, a guy coming out of the bullpen who could slam the door shut. So Washington did get it done. And I thought it was a fun game. Fun, fun game. It was. All right. Uh, crazy one that went extras out in Anaheim. Otani, it was the first time in baseball history where a National League team employed a DH, but an American League team did not. They let Otani hit for himself, and it ended up costing them a couple times because in extra innings, uh, Canning had to bunt. Dylan Bundy, with a winning run in scoring position, struck out to end the 12th. Canning had to play left field because they had a short bench. Do you think now it's getting too cute? On days where Otani pitches at home, should they not let him hit? Not with a short bench. Upton wasn't available, so you have a short bench. I, I, I don't think he should have done it yesterday. I don't really mind him doing it with a full bench um, because, you know, Otani's a guy. He can change the game with one swing in the bat. He's been red hot, hitting a bunch of homers, so I don't have a problem with him doing it. I just don't think he should do it with a short bench. Like you mentioned, it came back to bite him because Suzuki uh, took a foul tip off the mask, had to come out, so then they have their emergency catcher come in, canning in left field, um, who, who Madden said, he looked great. He was the most athletic pitcher. He called him that. So that's – in that clubhouse, Canny is going around right now. I know he's a rookie. He's going around right now saying, I'm the most athletic guy out here. Check it out. Our manager said so. Uh, but I don't think he uh, – again, to reiterate, I like that he does it because I think it helps their team, but just not with a short bench. Yeah, yesterday, I think you just have to read the room. When you go short bench and day game in steamy hot Anaheim yesterday yeah. – I mean, they were lucky that they got the length out of Otani that they did. I mean, if they only go – if he only went four innings yesterday because he got worn down a little bit, he's been doing a lot. I just think yesterday was not the day to kind of pull the ha-ha, hee-hee, let's let the pitcher hit sort of thing. Just Yeah, that's but, the risk you take, too. If he goes out um, and has a bad outing and he's out in yeah. the third inning, it's, it's not going to be good for your team. With all that being said, the Angels had multiple times to win this thing in extra sure. and could not push it across. So they had to get that W. They did not which is something the New York Yankees did get, thanks in part to 
Gary Sanchez, game-tying homer in the ninth. Luke Voigt ends up winning it with a walk-off. Gary Sanchez, has he put all the question marks around him to bed, or do you still have some? I mean, there's still some question marks there. You know, when you I'm in Yankees Twitterverse quite a bit, so they still talk about his defense and pass balls. Like, his offensive woes seem to have gone for this season. He's made some adjustments. I talked about him before the season, things he needed to do. You know, he was very late um, gathering and getting ready for the ball, um, and he's changed that. You know, I said he just needed to get started earlier, uh, or he could shorten his leg lift if he wanted to. At the beginning of the season, he was getting ready earlier, but I think it was just too hard for him to be consistent with that, with that big leg kick. So now, if you watch him hit, he's really shortened that up, and that just it just gives him more room for error with the timing mechanism. So uh, he's on time. He's hitting the crap out of the ball. And it's only a matter of time before, you know, who Boone has to make him catch Garrett Cole. Like he's he's with them struggling to score runs. You can't have your best offensive catcher not in the game, or best offensive player almost one of them yeah. not in the game just because Garrett Cole, you know, doesn't like to throw to him. That's that's not okay. No, that's a good point. Uh, but back to the question at hand. No, he still has stuff to prove to me. I mean, a good few sure. weeks. Good six weeks, cannot erase it. Uh, let's remember, two of the previous three seasons, an OPS under 700. And something that was really interesting in his post-game press conference, Gary said, listen, it was great to hear the cheers from the crowd. I wish that would happen in times where I'm struggling, which I thought was fascinating. I appreciated his honesty, but it means that he hears the boos loud and clear there in New York. And it, we, we mention this all the time. It takes a special type of personality to be able to be successful when you're wearing pinstripes. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, when he hits the shitter, because inevitably during a six-month season, he's going to swoon again. Are people going to be all over him? Or is he going to be able to fight through? I'm sure they're going to be all over him. That's just, that's just what it is, playing in New York. But going back to what you said, 2020 struggled – I don't care if you had a good season or a bad season. 2020 was a weird thing for me. So I will take that completely out okay. if I'm looking at his statistics. And in 2018, he was hurt for a lot of the year, only had 370 plate appearances. The guy can hit, man. Like, he just yeah. has to – he needs to be – he needs help with his consistency. And I think, you know, a good hitting coach can help him do that. And I think they've kind of found something that works for him. So I, I believe offensively, like – He's found this this new approach, this new gather, and he should be able to be more and more consistent with that, and that's just going to be great for him going forward. Got it. All right, last one. Not sure if you saw it, but KD, Kevin Durant, was at the Mets game in a suite. If you could hang in a suite with one pro athlete for a night, who would it be? Russell Wilson. We're talking alive here. If it wasn't alive, like anyone all time, be Kobe Bryant because I love Kobe so much. But my other favorite athlete is Russell Wilson. I would love to sit in a booth with him, just pick his brain, tell him how much I love him mm. and how much I appreciate watching him play and prepare. And then I would obviously ask him, like, why did you have to throw the ball on the goal line? Couldn't you just hand it to Marshawn? Don't do that. Can Couldn't I you, you just done that, Russ? Hey, listen. So I was covering the Super Bowl for NFL Network, and our green room, we have to watch the game in the green room, is right outside the Seahawks locker room. They are walking, you know, there was still some time on the clock. Patriots had to run a play to finish the game. But all those guys, including Marshawn Lynch, walked right past us afterward. People MFing, yelling, why'd we throw the ball? Marshawn's just sitting there going, man, man. And we're, what? They we're watching them walk past our open door. I'm like, 
what is going on here? <laughs> so do not ask him that question. That okay? was so I, tough. It still hurts me to think about it, man. Yeah, that it's something. When you win back-to-back, been a while since the team's done that. Super Bowl 38 and 39. Especially against the Patriots home. doing that. Like we get They bless Tom Brady with an extra ring right there. I know. Uh, for me, right sport, right position, wrong guy. And it's the reason I'm wearing the Kansas City Royals lid today. Mm. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I have not met him in person yet. Uh, I have talked to him, but have not met him in person. I want to be able to sit with him in part because he's a huge baseball fan, right? And he's mm -hmm. part owner of the Kansas City Royals. He threw 90 in high school. Pops played in the big leagues for over a decade. I just want to, I want to catch up with I think he is the perfect modern-day athlete. He's got swag without being – you know, without having that extra gear in him a little bit that, that ticks people off. He's very fan-friendly. I, I don't hear one person who's like, yeah, I don't like Mahomes. I mean, have you ever heard it? No. No, so Not maybe one. you do need to get around there and get a little bit of that energy. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people talk bad, badly about you, so. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, what do you have coming up on John Boy Media before we wrap? I have absolutely nothing today. This is my only thing on John Boy Media. Tomorrow we'll be recapping the series that happened this week. I'm talking baseball. There's a great article uh, that came out about Jimmy and Jake and our whole company. Yep. Chris, you had some great quotes in there. Um, everyone go check that out. What about you? What do you got? So uh, this afternoon I'm uh, doing a podcast with Glass now. It'll nice. be the first time he's speaking publicly since – he came out and, and you know said that that the gripping of the baseball impacted his uh, his injury. So we'll see if he regrets any of those comments. Where he is physically, where he is emotionally, and that's going to drop tomorrow. Quick turnaround for our editor extraordinaire, Robbie Scirocco. Beautiful, so look beautiful. For that tomorrow, it's going to be uh, it'll be fascinating. He's ready to go. I've chatted with him. He's not holding anything back. So awesome. Uh, I'm also going to ask him the question: If he could say one thing right now to Rob Manfred and the owners, <sighs> what would it be? Cause he's, I, have a, I have a lot to say. Well, he's going to get his chance to speak. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what the podcast is about. And people have said it. They, they love all six of the guys. But with Glass now, he's just such a deep thinker. It'd mm. be really, really fascinating, I think. Okay? Love it. All right, listen, we'll get this whole thing figured out technologically tomorrow. We appreciate everybody sticking with us. And we'll see you at 1130 Eastern, 830 Pacific time on Friday. Have a great day, everybody. Yes. Peace. Yes.